This is Quit, a podcast about change, the challenges of improving your career, making tough decisions, and starting something awesome, and maybe even kicking your corporate stooge job to the curb in the process. My name is Dan Benjamin. Today's Thursday, March 10th, 2016, episode number 89. Hattie Cook, welcome back to the program. How Hello. are you today? How are you? You look very comfortable down, way down there. I know. You're standing. I'm, I'm standing at my standing desk. You're seated at your standing desk. It's not plugged in. It's down there. Is it really? <laughs> no. You get your new fancy headphones on. Yeah, these are super comfy. Big studio upgrade. You got new headphones. I feel like a boss. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> that's perfect because we're going to be talking about bosses today on the show. Kind of. Oh, yeah? We're going to be talking about communication. We've got a, uh, some fantastic, just fantastic uh, listener feedback, follow-up, and email. So I want to thank everyone who has taken the time. We will get to all of them. We won't get to all of them today. But we will get to all of them eventually, and we sure do appreciate you taking the time to send them. You, if, you, if you want to have your, uh, your uh, email on this stack right here. Printed. Yeah, I get, I get to print it. Yeah. Then uh, you can go to 5by5.tv slash contact, and you'll see the show quit listed there. Click it. Send us an email. If you don't want me to read it on the air. Then I, I won't. You just, you know, maybe it's personal feedback or you just want, you know, whatever. That's fine, too. Let me know that, though, because otherwise I'll assume, like, the first line of your email should be, don't read this on the air. Or you may read this on the air, but use a code name. Otherwise, guess what? I'm free, fair fair game. Yeah, you're kind of just fair game. like a wind-up toy. You just, you see it, you just go. That's what I do. I see it, and I just go. <laughs> So we had a, uh, well, you know what? I'll save that for our first sponsor. I was going to talk about our in infrastructural changes, which is interesting oh, yes. because a lot of the time, you know, you, you're not, especially at a bigger company, you're not really involved in the infrastructure changes. I remember back in my old corporate stooge days, you would show up and there'd be an IT person at your desk unplugging your old computer, giving you a new one. No, here's your new computer. And I said, well, Okay. I liked my old computer, but thank you for the new one, which has a slower CPU and less RAM, but thank you. Well, we, we switched to Micron, and this is what they sent us. Okay. Uh, you know, there, there is a story that I'll tell. One of the many, many mistakes that I, I think I've told this story before. One of the many mistakes I made in my career. I was working at, in, an, in a, a startup. And this was around the like 2000, 2001 time period, I think. And the startup that I was working for, they, I had been in like the IT group. I had actually been like the IT manager of the group for a period of time. And I transitioned out of that into another role where I was doing like independent uh, work with them doing like, I guess I was doing kind of like research on their new products and other things like that. They were in a bad situation though. They were going to be laying off a bunch of people. Now, I did not know that. I also didn't know that I was one of the people who was going to be laid off. Oh. <laughs> but that didn't matter. And it, it, but it would, have it would have changed something that I did. It, this is back in the days. And Hattie, I don't know if you are unfortunate enough to have been a computer, a Windows computer user at this time period. But in the sort of Windows 95, Windows NT time period... Before Windows XP even, it used to be a standard procedure periodically, especially in the workplace, to periodically reformat and reinstall Windows. That was something people did maybe, maybe every few months, maybe 
every few weeks. It kind of depended on what you were doing. And this worked a lot. It worked better in the corporate office because you had the shared network drives. Right. You could make sure all of your data was up on the network, backed up, safe. So reformatting your own machine just meant like, okay, reformat it, install the three or four applications I need to do my work, and, and I'm be done. done. I had picked a morning to to do that that unfortunately was the same morning that they were doing the announcement to lay everybody off, or not everybody, but a big percentage of the people. The company did eventually go out of business. I've been in touch with the old CEO and, and he and I are friends. I mean, acquaintances, not like buddies. And we, uh, you know, I, I had just picked that morning to come in and we had uh, our network install boot disk so that we would, we would be able to pull down the image right from the network. This was a wonderful thing that made reinstalling machines. And I, was, I had been part of the team of people who had built that image. So what you would do is you would take this little boot disk pop it into your PC, it would boot off the disk, and you could, you know, hit yes, and it would reformat your drive and install a new image down onto onto your machine. Super handy, super convenient. I had just done the initial part of it, the format of it, and I hadn't even begun doing the network install yet when someone came around and looked, looked over my cube and like, Dan, you didn't hear? Like, no, nope, I haven't checked my email. With, you know, we didn't have iPhones, we didn't right. check our work email unless we were at work. Right. So the first thing I did, I got in early, like, you know, 7.30 in the morning. I was like, I'm going to start this process up, get it out of the way, and, and you know, be set up. Uh, there's a meeting, all hands meeting. You've got to be there. All right. So I went to the meeting, and it, they basically made this announcement that, like, a lot of people were being laid off, and, uh, you know, everyone in this room kind of thing. Oh, wow. And... Uh, and I was like, hands okay, everyone in the room, <laughs> like, so, you know, if you need anything for, well, I didn't have anything in my cube anyway. And it was a very, you know, it was a very weird day. And I let one of my you know, friends or something know, like I was right in the process of doing like a reformat on my thing on my computer. And like, so, you know, all my stuff's up on the network, whatever. And I didn't think anything of it. And I, uh, I, you know, I went home like all the other people that were laid uh -huh. off that day. And it never occurred to me that anything bad could come from that because number one, nothing was on the computer. It was like, it was right. all on the network. But this seemed very suspicious to them because like, oh, gosh. right when I, he was laid off, like he had wiped his computer completely clean. <laughs> what was going on there? <laughs> And it was just such bad timing. I had yeah. no idea that I was about to be laid off. I certainly wouldn't have deleted anything like that because it, I knew be like, because I was an IT guy. Shady. Like I knew that looked really shady. <laughs> and uh, and Too like clean. And uh, I was friends with the guy who was the like director of IT stuff, and he's like, I, "I'm not supposed to talk to you about it." I'm like, "Well, all my stuff's on the network." He's like, "I can't talk to you about it." I'm like. Okay, but everything... I can't talk to you about it. <laughs> All right. So I went to one of the system administrators on there, and I was like, hey, uh, all my stuff's up on the network. He's like, okay. He's like, they're talking about a lawsuit now. Against and, you? Yeah. And I was like, for what? And they're like, well, they're not sure, you know, what you did with the work, what you did with... I'm like, it's on the network drive. Like, everything <laughs> I've ever done is there. Finally... 
somebody bothered to look on the network and found everything was there and then they just stopped talking to me about it like then it was just over but wow you know like i don't know what they thought i i was what would you have hidden or deleted or whatever i think that I, you know what i think they were concerned with was that in a in a disc like i had somehow they had thought i had somehow gotten wind of this happening and in a in a rebellion kind of disgruntled employee sort of move like, I had, I'm going to get rid of I'm all gonna, their stuff. Yeah, you know, all the work that I've done, you can't have any of that. Like that kind of thing. Which I would, ne- I mean, I was pissed off about being, like, don't get me wrong, I wasn't happy that day. Right, but, but I would you, never have done vengeful. something like that. If anything, they're like, well, he was like, you know, they knew I was an IT guy. He's got but if the anything, knowledge. <laughs> if anything, they, they should also know that I would understand the repercussions of doing something like that. So right. I don't know. It was really, but you know, like, I had, I had, it wasn't like I had good or bad intentions. I just wanted my machine to run faster. And this was something that (laughs) that I was doing every four to six weeks anyway. It just so happened to be that day. But how often in the workplace, how often in a situation like that are, are you, you know, are you doing something that is a completely innocent kind of a thing where, and, and you realize that it has potentially negative repercussions i this seems to happen a lot you know people doing things that that are completely interpreted by somebody else to be uh i remember one time i uh my uh my friend and i at a different company we had been working on a project and it was this very very complicated uh algorithm that he had come up with to handle like piecing together and generating xml files from multiple sources it Mm -hmm. was a really complicated thing that i barely understood and and he was a very very smart person understood it very well and somebody had come over and and said okay you know can you she was a, a a writer and she was just out of curiosity saying um you know what what is it you guys are working on and he says oh i'm working on the tool that's going to chunk together all these different pieces of xml and spit them out in this thing and she, you know, he, I think the way he said it, the implicate that she had inferred or he had unintentionally implied or made her feel almost like he was saying, oh, sweetie, this is a little too complicated to really explain to you. I'm just going to give you like the overview because that's right. all you'll understand. Right. He, that was the furthest thing from the <laughs> truth. This is a guy who like. In his spare time, taught math at his son's school. Right. He was very good at explaining things. He was just simply like giving what I thought was a really good summary of what was a very detailed technical thing. He was probably coming from the standpoint of like, maybe he even downplayed it because he was like, oh, no, you know, it's just it's just like XML stuff. It's, you know, it's not. Not really anything right. too big. Right. He was just trying right. to downplay it. And, I, and she got very upset about that. It's, you know, this all comes back to that topic of communication. You know, if I had told somebody, my computer is, just mentioned it to Paul over in IT. Like, hey, dude, ah, uh, dude, I've got to reinstall everything again tomorrow. My computer's a dog. It's just running super slow. I've got to, I've got to do something. I, I, I've got to reformat it. Can I get a boot disk from you? Just doing that. Right. Would have solved your whole problem. Solved the whole problem. I don't think he knew about the layoff, but it would have been like and you're that, probably that, the only that one. backup. Yeah. And so it, it's, you know, it like, <laughs> but it's frustrating. I think, I think people listening can associate with that a lot. I think there's a lot of people out there who can understand 
those kinds of unfortunate coincidences or those kinds of misunderstandings. And it's so hard to kind of get around them. I mean, he and and the woman that he'd been talking to never got along again, never got along right. again. She never trusted him. She would never ask him for help. She was like hating him because of a misunderstanding. And he's like the last person in the world that would have that would have done that. Like it, it, well, it made no sense. Then she should have given him another chance. Yeah, but she, uh, but she didn't. Oh, she should have. I know she should have, but she didn't want to. And you know what? That, I mean, it's her, her right to do it. It's her prerogative, yeah, as, so. as they say. But it, there, I think there's so much of that happens in the corporate world. Like it, with our dynamic here and with the, you know, you, me, intern, couple editors here and there, it's, uh, it's much harder to have that dynamic happen when there's just a few people. Right, because you kind of are aware of everything all the time. Yeah, you have to be. But when you expand this out into now there's dozens or hundreds of people, then you're, you're in a, what could be a potentially very confusing world and you have to play everything so safe. And that's why you wind up with, with uh, people who, well, we need to have a meeting about it. Every, every key <laughs> player needs to have their say. Right. And that's why you get these managers or directors who literally cannot make a decision. They are they're absolutely terrified to make a decision. And you yeah. have you have people who are absolutely terrified to make any kind of decision and have any take any kind of responsibility for anything. It's rampant in the corporate world, even at forward thinking companies. And yeah, I still remember. At one point, I wanted to get a LAMP server set up. We call it LAMP now, and that's not even a cool term anymore. But it was it LAMP stands for Linux, Apache, MySQL, PHP. And that simply is would, would be like saying, oh, is PHP on your server? Like today, that's everywhere. But back then, there was like a new movement that like, wow, you can use open source tools and open source software and install them on an open source operating system on an old PC and that would be a really wonderful place to do your software development and testing. And we were mired in the corporate structure that to get, I wanted to, I was building a PHP application, a web application for this company. I was a full-time employee. They had hired me to come and do that. Now today, no big deal. I'll develop it right all right here on my own Mac. But back then, like it was, God, it was probably like, I, we probably had Windows for work groups on a lot of these machines or windows, <laughs> maybe it was windows 95. I don't know what it was. Maybe it's XP. doesn't matter. The point was you couldn't install a full blown software stack easily on your own machine, especially when your machine was locked down by the system administrators. Anyway, now you just do all of this on your Mac shipped from Apple without installing anything. It's just there. But back then it was not like that. And I said, well, we, we really need a server to do the development on. We didn't have enough budget. Well, you know what they had to get? They would have to order a Spark server from Sun that would cost thousands and thousands of dollars. It would have to be racked up in the data center, secured. We would have to have all the right access to all the key players on the team to get access to it. There would need to be a system administrator assigned to it, a backup schedule done on it. Like, you're talking about probably several dozen man hours, plus probably about $10,000 to get something like this up and running. When I had 
an old 386 PC sitting there with Linux already on it that I could have just brought in from my garage at home. But the that was not allowed. Don't like that. Yeah. No, they don't like that. And I understand exactly why they don't like it. But I could have taken that old PC that was sitting on my desk that I used to use for testing and put Linux on that. Mm-hmm. But they didn't want that. And their network would figure out that it wasn't a Windows machine. You know, like, and I understand why they have this, but all of it, it doesn't, like, forget agile development. Like, it just, there were all these obstacles there. And I think today people don't realize how easy we really have it. That you can go and buy the cheapest Mac and have a full-blown development suite built right in. Everything that you need to do built right in for the kind of software development that you want to do. I mean, it's, it's crazy. On my next segment, before we do the listener feedback, I got, oh, I want to mention, I, I got an email from, uh, from someone. Oh, yeah? I got an email from someone. And uh, I'm not going to read the whole, the whole con- content of the email, but he, he was explaining to me why he, has, uh, why he has unsubscribed and is no longer going to be listening to, uh, to quit anymore. Oh, wow. Hi, Chris. And he says that he, after 85 episodes and 16 months of listening, he's unsubscribing. And he gave me a list of valid, I think very valid okay. complaints. I'm not going to read them all here. Um, part yeah. of it, though, is that he finds himself disagreeing with me more and more. That's fine. He's entitled to that. But one of the things that he said he missed about the original spirit of quit was the listener feedback, the listener emails, the listener calls. I miss the calls, too. Well, I have some good news, Hattie. What is it? We have fixed the Ansible. Yay! And it, it, yes. Yay! And it, uh, it works. It works. So uh, starting with our next episode, which will be next week, we'll announce it on Twitter, we'll be taking some calls again. That'll be awesome. So I, I really have missed I do. Those. I miss the callers, too. So, no, but number two is, as we had been planning, I got this email this morning, as we had been planning, I've got a fat stack of... Uh, a listener email right here. Do you think he's unsubscribed yet? Or well, I replied to I replied you? to him, and I said it's too bad you unsubscribed. I said the next you know three or four shows are are going to be like calls and listener focused and on all listener email focused. So too bad. And he said, okay, I, well, then I won't unsubscribe just Yay. yet. <laughs> Hi, Chris. Thank you for the feedback. If you have feedback, best way to let me know is uh, over Twitter. I'm at Dan Benjamin on Twitter, or using our little handy-dandy feedback form at 5x5.tv slash contact. Now, before I get to my main, I have a, a problem for the, for the problem segment of the show. I have this uh, letter here from oh, Time Warner Cable. Oh, the best. Business class. Business class. But we'll get to that. Before we do it, I want to tell you about Linode. You know what I just did, Hattie? I don't know if you know this. Other than the fact that I was, like, stressing out, really for no reason, but stressing out all the beginning part of the week yes. doing this. We have a new, uh, a new hosting company now for all of our stuff, everything that we do. And it is, it is Linode, in fact. I was a Linode customer, I don't want to say since day one, but since month one, when they premiered, when they came month out. month one is fine. I came out and I, I tried out an account on there. And so let me tell you what Linode is. L-I-N-O-D-E, Linode.com. In fact, Linode.com slash quit. They are a VPS company. They are, in my opinion, the premier VPS company in the world. 
VPS, virtual private server. So if you want to get a Linux server standing up, you want to do software development, you want to serve files, you want to you want to have a place to put your stuff, you want to build that PHP LAMP app like I'm talking about, you want to do Rails like I do, Python. I'm learning Python. That's a whole different topic because oh, it's terrible. <laughs> Anything you want to do, you can do it at Linode. They've got eight data centers. And you get, by the way, you do get to pick uh, where your VPS is hosted. So if, you're, if you wanted to come up with like a main server and a, f- a secondary server, failback server, you could do, put one in New York, one in Dallas, whatever you want to do. And plans start at only 10 bucks a month. You can get, this is the best thing about them is everything is automated and it's hardcore automated by some seriously geeky Linux nerds. Oh yeah. So when you want to stand up a new virtual private server, a new VPS, you go onto the thing, add, they call it a Linode, add a Linode, you pick the one you want to add, click OK, done. Like it shows up instantaneously in your account. You decide what, uh, what version of Linux or you want to install on it from the list, hit boot, it installs it. You, oh, you forgot the root password, you mistyped it, it's all right, you can reset it. Like you can do all of this stuff, it's all controlled right by this system. Automated backups, everything. I'm, I, like I can't say enough about how great Linode is. And I'll tell you what, this is the fastest 5x5 has been oh, maybe ever. Yes. Go to 5x5.tv and click, click around. around. Just click around. I dare you. It is insanely fast. And if you go to linode.com slash quit and use the promo code quit20, you'll get a $20 credit. Did I use that? I forget if I used it on my account. You should have. Linode.com slash quit, promo code quit20, quit20 for a $20 credit. Listen, if you're building a website, you want to build a website, you're learning to develop, you're a pro and you want to deploy your app, whatever it is, go check these guys out. Thanks very much, Luna, for making the show possible. Time Warner Cable. I got this letter. Oh my gosh. This is from Time Warner Cable Business Class. And we're talking about communi- our, our, our topic today is communication. Talk about effective communication. This is a letter. And I'll tell you what, Hattie, I know you're a paper person. I am. What is the stock of this paper, would you say? This uh, is a thick, it feels yes, thick. Here, it is. Uh, manhandle this paper if you want. What is that? What, yeah. Because I'm a, feeling a, like what we printed out these emails on, it's like twice it's as thick. It's a matte stock. It's, um... Do you say a weight of uh, 90? Yeah. 90 weight? Like a business? It's not as thick as a business. Ju- Judy will be mad at me for not knowing. <laughs> Judy. Judy's sweet. This is nice. They took time to print this out. And it says, Time Warner Cable Business Class. This is our internet provider here. Important, it says at the top in bold, important information. Your account number is changing. Action may be necessary. This is a three or four paragraph email. And I'm not going to read this to you because it's, it's not important. But I will tell you that that. On here, they, they, don't, they don't have any of the information. No. Other than a simple warning that something could potentially go terribly wrong with my account. <laughs> because they're changing account numbers. So if I've set this up with my bank to auto pay or I pay through my bank, that, that won't work anymore. But if I set it up through their website, then it, might, it will continue to work. However, I don't know which I did. I don't know if I set it up with a bank <laughs> account or if I set it up on their website. Well. Maybe the, somewhere on this paper, it's going to tell You'll me where to go. Oh, it, yes, it does, Hattie. It says, if you enrolled in automatic payments by talking to a Time Warner Cable business class customer rep or online through our My Account website, no action is needed. 
well, maybe no action is needed. But you know what? I forgot the URL to the My Account website, but it's not on this paper. Well, you know what, Hattie? You know what? It's paper. You can't click on it. You know what, Hattie? What? That's all right. I'll just call them up. Oh, wait. There's no phone number listed anywhere on this document. Huh. Oh, you know what? That's okay. I'll send them a letter. Nope. Fax? Nope. There is no information on this whatsoever. No return address. No account rep name. No. No no information whatsoever on this thing. Sincerely, Time Warner Cable Business Class. Now, I'm sure that I could go and use Google. Right. And I could look up the... Time Warner Cable, my account website for Austin, Texas. But it doesn't have it doesn't have my name on this, dear valued customer. I'm Wait, assuming is this is suspicious. still for me. It's, I'm sure it's for me. I'm sure it's legit. It has your name at the top, but there is absolutely no way for me to no. act on this without going and doing my own research, without going out of my. Way. And you know what? Time and time again. I see people making this mistake. I get newsletters all the time from some of my favorite applications when a new version comes out or something like that. I know exactly what you're going to say. <laughs> okay. Well, I think a lot of people probably uh, do. I will get an email and they'll say, we have just come out with an update to such and such, or you should check out a new version of such and such application. But what they won't do is they won't just give me a quick little reminder of what it is your app does. Cause you know what? I've got like a thousand apps on my phone and on my computer, <laughs> you know, and I, I don't necessarily remember what it is that your app is or does. So give me a one sentence description of it. I'll give you a perfect example of a company that, get, that gets this right. Rogamiba. Yes. They make an application called audio hijack. They make another one called Nicecast. We use these apps they are really great. These guys have a lot of fun. And if you go to the Audio Hijack page, it says record any audio with Audio Hijack, exclamation point. Save audio from applications like iTunes, Skype, or Safari, etc. It continues. If they were sending out, and when they have sent out updates, they'll say, we've just released a major overhaul to our, uh, our software, Audio Hijack 3, which lets you record any audio on your Mac. Oh, that's what this app does. You know what? I've used that app. I could use that app. You know, that, also, that you connect with what they're, they're giving you. And you know what? Then they'll put a link right yeah. there in the email. I, you know what? I know it's stupid to put like long, stupid URLs in, 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 in something printed for you to type in. But you know what? If right after it said online through our My Account website, it had a little parenthesis. It said myaccount.twc.net or whatever they are. Imagine how far yeah. that would go in customer. Already, I already don't like Time Warner Cable. Right. Just start there. And now they're making it harder for me and they're making me feel panicked. Oh, I got to get in there and change it. I've got to get in there and fix this problem. Otherwise, I'm, I'm going to get my internet cable c- turned off. Can't so have then, that. So then I found, I Googled it and I found the My Account website. And I logged in with the account and everything. Let me log in fine. <laughs> no problem. No, but there's no information on the account. It, instead of having my name, it says, Dear, it says, Welcome Customer. Instead of like on, when, I, when I log in with my personal account, I'll say, welcome, Dan. This said, welcome, customer. It is unable to pull up my billing information. It's unable to even find an account. Now, guess what I have to do? I have to call them. And you know how many times, how many clicks it took me to get their phone number? Five clicks on their website to get their phone number. They don't want me to contact no. them. And it's very clear that they don't want me to contact them. And it's just, it's shocking to me because we're talking about communication. The, the more communication you can have, the more inroads that you can have, the more opportunities 
you provide for your customers or potential customers to get in touch with you, to find out what's going on. I mean, it, you've, you've got to do that. A wonderful example of a company that does this really, really well, communicating, is the company uh, Gusto. Oh, yes. They were previously called Zen Payroll. They I like changed, Gusto better. I like Gusto. It's easier to type. It's easier to say. <laughs> and I don't know why they really changed it, but they changed it. That's cool. They do such a fantastic job of communicating. And you enter your, uh, you, you enter your basic information in there, and then when it's time to remind you to do your payroll, they send you this nice little email. It says a friendly reminder. Looks like it's time to pay your employees for all, the, all, their, all that great work. The pay period you'll be running is, and it gives you the dates, and it has a little picture of the person who works there, in this case, it was Danielle on the Gusto support team. And then underneath it, three days left to run payroll on time. And there's a big button, a big button. Run payroll now. I like big That buttons. takes you right to the site. It takes you right to the thing to log in. It's beautiful. It's simple. Because they know what, what you need to do after you receive that. You should go, you know what? I should run payroll right, right. now. Why not do a, a, a really quick link right there in the email? And you know what? After I have run payroll, I get an email. Hooray, you ran payroll. <laughs> Congratulations, you've successfully run payroll. For the impl- that gives you the time period. Your employees will be grateful. And then it tells you what they're doing. It says, we will, we will debit the account on this day. Your employees will be paid on this day. If there's changes, you can reprocess payroll anytime before 4.30 p.m. Central Time. Like all of those questions that you might have. Oh, oh right. I made a mistake. We know you made a mistake. It's cool. It's Here's okay. how you go and fix it. Here's a link. And all of that is, it's just built in to their mindset. It's built into their, to, to the way that they function. And how important is that? It makes me feel happy to use their service. It makes me feel like I know that they're on top of things, even though this is just automated emails. You know, we have, uh, unfortunately, I, I have to report that my friend John Roderick is sick today. No. And we're, he has a fever, and we're unable to record uh, road work this week because he's sick. He came down with an illness, and he, we have to reschedule it. Well, he's been traveling a lot. He's been all over the place. But the problem is, you know, sponsors are going to expect their sponsorship to run. So what, what is our role in communicating with them? We have to say, okay, who were the sponsors that were set to run? We have to email them and we have to say, unfortunately, John's sick. We're not going to be able to record this week. So sorry about that. We'd like to record next week. Now, you know why I don't want to do that? Not because it takes time. It does. But because there's that chance that they'll pull that sponsorship and say, well, if it's not going to run this week, we want to cancel the spot. And that's like John and my paycheck that right. they'll be canceling and some of your paycheck. You know what I mean? Like it's uh, some of our rent goes away. Yep. And I, I always feel like, you know, people have motivation when they decide not to communicate about something. But we have to. Like it's our obligation to do it. If the show just doesn't post, then the sponsors will be like, dude, where was the show? Why didn't it come out? Or they'll be or 
they'll go and they'll be like searching for it and scrolling through old episodes and like trying to find it. And which we're is, making them do extra right, work, which we never want. Right. So, you know, but I always try and think about that in communicating. There's there's usually a reason why people don't want to communicate. I want to get to doing some of these really great emails that we have. And there's a handful of them. And I think they're all really, really good. And then after that, I've got a couple links that I want to tell the listeners about. Before I do that, let me say thank you very much to Bench. I was just telling you about Gusto. Gusto integrates Gusto. Is it the gusto or is it gusto? Uh, I think what say it with gusto. With gusto. <laughs> well, they integrate with Bench. Bench is amazing. Bench is the online bookkeeping service that pairs you up with a team of dedicated bookkeepers who use simple, elegant software to do your bookkeeping for you. They have the, the same kind of positive attitude. They give you that really, really great feedback. And it's it's been just amazing working with these folks. I signed up to use that before they were sponsoring. And I just am in love with this company. I'm in love with this service. It makes everything so much easier. Uh, and it, 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 you know, the thing I was worried about when I first heard their pitch, online bookkeeping, yeah, who's, who's doing that? It's outsourced. Yeah. It's, you know, it's people in another country, but it's not that at all. They're, they have, when they say dedicated bookkeepers, like they mean it. You get assigned to one or maybe if your company's bigger, a few people. And they get to understand your business. Like when I went through this, like, well, we want to learn about your business. And, and like I, I told them about what we do and they're like, okay, how, how do you receive payments? How do you pay your host? What about a full-time employees? How does this work? Where does your money right. come from? What are the main sources of revenue? Who, you know, then they tie into all your accounts. And they do everything for you. It's completely automated behind the scenes. You hook up your bank accounts to their system so they can get your statements automatically. If you receive payments through like Stripe or PayPal or whatever, they can record those. Like pretty much anything that you do or that you want to do. And then at the end of each month, they reconcile everything. You can see it all online. You don't have to do anything else. It's all right there for you to see every month exactly how much money comes in and goes out and where it's going. They're doing all of this work and it's like, it's really affordable. And if you have any, if they have any questions with what, you know, in one of your accounts, like, I don't know what this transaction was right. for. Like they put There's it like right a in their area that yeah, you they, can go they and put it right in their thing. And then you have, uh, it'll, it'll say you have received an email from, or no, a question from bench. You read it and click here to reply to your, it's just, it's, it's beautiful. It's fun. It's fast. And the people are real. Like the people are really real. awesome. And it's very, very affordable. Accounts start at 125 bucks a month. Keep in mind, this is for a like bookkeeper who's like on the case for you. Perfect for a small business. And I've given advice on this show year after year after year. Don't incorporate your own company. Like hire someone to help you do that. Go to a tax attorney and, and get their help to do it. Don't try and do your own bookkeeping. Don't try and manage this. It's so important because at the end of the year, when it's time to do those taxes, guess what? Bench hands it all right over to your accountant in a format that they want. They're ready to go. And not only that, Quit listeners are going to get 20% off their first six months, special URL, which will be in the show notes. But I'll tell you what it is, bench.co slash partner slash quit. And you'll get 20% off your first six months. It's a big deal. Great company. Bench.co slash partner slash quit. Go check them out. Love that company. 
I'm obsessed with them. I'm obsessed with it. I know you are. You know, people will be like 125 bucks a month. Like that's a lot of money. Try doing, you know what? Don't believe me. Try doing it yourself for a few months. Right. Or hiring someone specific that's going to charge you a crazy amount. Right. <laughs> and when you're thinking about where to, you know, put the dynamite and, and, and light the fuse so you can blow up your own business because you can't stand <laughs> doing the work anymore, then you'll be like, well, maybe I'll try bench first before I light the fuse. Did I already read this email? Have I read this one? Which one? The This one from Ellen? I don't think so. Did you order these? Are these in an order? Should I go in order? You don't have to go in an order. I just thought that one was a nice one. Well, if you think it's nice, it's good enough for me. That's true. Ellen. Dan. Thank you for quit and for back to work. For me, they represent the best of podcasting, the standard to which I hold other shows I choose to listen to or sample. I yeah, like you know that. what, Ellen? <laughs> we like you already. I was going to say, Ellen, you're a smart, very smart person. Quit could not have come at a better time for me. Mid morning on November 12th, 2012, I realized I couldn't stay with my current employer due to a violation of trust and respect from which I knew I would not recover. The following week, Quit was born. Talk about timing. I knew I was leaving and listened to the show uh, and listening to the show helped me to uh, get through the planning and the four month waiting period I needed to pull the plug. The quit discussions I listened to helped me know I wasn't crazy and know I had what it took to leave skills, savings and confidence. Those are the three, the three C's. Yep. Skills, <laughs> savings. It's the and sk- confidence. Skills. It's the sound of a C. Note. The quality sponsors were also a help as I used some of them to set myself up online. Mid-March, I gave my two weeks notice and on April 1st, at the age of 37, I left my corporate stooge job, ramped up my side hustles, fitness and life coaching and later blogging and writing, and vowed to live life on my terms from that point on and it's been great. I plan my own schedule, work hard when I want and pull back when I need a break. I feel more productive now than ever before and I look forward to learning and creating every day. I'm also increasingly good at saying no to what's not in line with what I want in my professional and personal life. I'm finding that knowing what works for me has been a win-win for me and for anyone I work with because I'm doing some of my best work these days. Looking forward, I'm excited to see where all the opportunities I say yes to will take me. Life has just been getting better because I'm becoming a truer and more satisfied version of me. I hope you and Hattie keep up the great work for years to come. Deepest thanks, Ellen, Canada. Thanks, Ellen. Ellen from Canada. Well, I'll tell you what, this is a wonderful email. Thank you for writing in. But I hope that it's an inspirational email for people who are listening. Ellen has had a great deal of success after leaving her job. I think that not everyone will necessarily have this kind of success. But if you listen to the way that she writes, she's very. she was facing the same problems, Hattie. That everybody is facing. Yep. She was unhappy in her job. She wanted or, you know, she wanted to start something on her own, do something on her own. She got the, she nailed the three C's and went and did it. And, you know, nothing is without risk in this life. Nothing is without risk. Even just changing jobs to something that seems secure, that that's a risk. My brother-in-law did that. He went from one job that he was miserable in but it was steady right? to another job that seemed like it was, you know, part of a startup. They were doing really well. They were doing something really cool right here in Austin. And they went out of business, you know, a few months later, you know, crappy timing, 
Yeah. Was it a bad decision on his part? No, because it seemed like... you can't predict that. And, and he was filled with this same kind of feeling that Ellen, I think, was filled with, filled with which is, I'm going to do something new. I'm going to try something different. And what about when it doesn't work out like it did for Ellen? What about when it, it hits you uh, in the face and you tried to do something and it hasn't worked out? That That inspiration to get back up and do something and try something and try it again and do something new when right. you feel like you're starting out with nothing. Just because one I- one idea didn't work doesn't mean your next idea won't. That's right. You've got to keep trying. You've got to keep also, trying. Also, Ellen seems to be a very positive person. Yes. I think, I I think, think that comes across. She, she decided to do something and just from the way she wrote her email, it sounded very... Like she made her decision and that's what she was doing and she was going to do it. And I think that that definitiveness made her successful. She knew she had to make a change and she made the change. She did it 110%. You know, she didn't just do 30% change, you know? Yeah. So I think I think that's another reason why she was so successful in her change. I have heard many people use this expression and I don't know the origin of it. Um, and so it's, it, it's frustrating for me because I hate to use a quote. <laughs> and not know. And not know exactly who to attribute it to. Well, and nowadays things get attributed to anybody with all like yeah. the memes and yeah. stuff like that. Like you can just write Henry David Thoreau at the bottom of pretty much anything. <laughs> Thomas Jefferson. <laughs> The, the quote that I'm sure you've heard before is, you will never outwork me. Have you heard that quote before? Did you say that? I'm sure I've said it, but uh, <laughs> pe- people say it. People say it. And I don't know where it comes from. Uh, when I was doing a search before the show to see where I, if I could find the origin of it, I found 20 different people saying it. Yeah. Half of whom I'd never heard of. There's a picture of Muhammad Ali with it. Which doesn't over him. Am I, I don't know. <laughs> But the fact, the fact that I love this expression because so much of people's success comes from their drive and their willingness and their interest to say, you know what, I am going to work very, very hard and I'm willing to wake up earlier than my competition and stay up later than my competition. Right. And when they're taking time off going on a skiing trip, I'm going to be right here working as hard as I can. Uh, I will quote a friend of mine who runs Uncrate.com. The secret to... uh, Now, Uncrate, I don't know how many million unique page views they're doing in a month now. It's millions. Uh, I'm sure that that that's probably doubled since the last time I've talked to them. But they've been doing... He's been doing that site for many, many years. And when he started, he was living in a little trailer. And he started this site and a couple other little ones. And every single day, five days a week, he did five posts. And the posts were about a paragraph each, and they included a picture. And he would find cool products. And he did it. And he did it when the site got 1,000 views a day, and then he kept doing it. And when the site got 10,000, he kept doing it. And now... Five posts a day. You know, it. it's... Five posts a day, five days a week. That formula, good writing, fun writing, finding really neat good products, nice design, 
improve the design day after day after day, always doing right? little and tweaks, always improving. Not letting it get stale. But he showed up, you know, he he would go on vacation and he'd still have five posts a day. Right. Eventually he hired someone to help with the with that writing and stuff because he the business was going really great. But he knew that five posts, that's what he had to do in order to stay at this level. Right. And that's, you know, now I don't know if that would cut it. The big companies that are out there like the Gawkers or Verge or, you know, the Mac Rumor sites or TMZ or Daily Mail or whatever it is, Gosh. they're not doing five a day. They're doing uh, 50 yeah. a day. It's or impossible. More. <laughs> right. It's impossible to keep up with that. 50 every 10 minutes. But five quality posts like that a day was the recipe for his success. Well, also, he was post the items he was posting were about quality too. Like he wasn't just putting up random things that he thought were cool. They were all very high quality. He was spending a lot of time researching. But you know, it it it, it's that concept of like if there were other sites that were competing with him, he would he would outwork them by finding better sites, better things to link to. You know, to be consistent. That consistency is key. But the concept of of facing somebody whether it's another business or something like that and saying you know what i i will outwork you i will work harder than you are willing to work that's uh, an amazing story uh with you know honda and toyota where honda was number one for years and years and years and years toyota simply worked harder they both had essentially this really almost the same product toyota worked harder they made they they made their cars even better they produced amazing vehicles. I've never owned a Toyota for the record. I would never. But that's because I don't, I don't like their cars. But I think they're probably, for a while, they were more reliable. Right. And they became the, num- the number one car, switched from the Civic to the Corolla, I think it was. You're not sure about that? I don't know. I don't know was much about- Was it the about- Accord to the Camry? One of those two. Maybe Ooh. it was the Accord to the Camry. Should I look that up? No. Camry won, though. <laughs> Camry won, whatever it was. The Corolla or the Camry. It won because they outworked Honda. Honda started to say, well, we're having some repairs here. I have a thing here. No, Toyota didn't. Outworking, finding the drive to completely outwork your competitor. Do more and be better. That's like the secret to success, really. And Ellen... Ellen here. She knew. She comes out and she says, I'm good at saying no to what's not in line with what I want in my professional and personal life. That's the hardest thing in the world to do, especially when you're starting out and you're like, in the back of your mind, you're like, well, what if this doesn't work? What if this thing that I'm doing doesn't really work? I better have something else on the back burner. I need to have this other thing on the back burner. I'll tell them, yes, I'll start working on this. I'll take 10 to 20% of it, my time, I'll devote it to this other thing. And that way, if this main thing that I'm... Well, you just guarantee that the main thing that you're doing will fail because... Your focus and attention isn't on it. Right. Not completely. I was just talking to uh, our, our cult leader friend, Sean uh, McCabe-West, <laughs> who's coming to town, by the way. He'll come tomorrow. Oh, well, that'll be impossible if he's going to be in downtown. I know. But uh, the amazing, talented, bright, and also smart, Sean McCabe West, SeanWest.com. He's on fire. He's all the time on fire. Oh, yeah. He's creating. He's out. He's outworking people. And he's outworking people. He's outworking himself. Left and right. Yeah. 
and uh, the cult, his cult is rising to power. <laughs> have you, have you, do you he feel it? That. Yeah. Well, he's got a cult. It's got a great cult going. I want a cult. Nobody, nobody will, will be in my cult. It seems besides you. <laughs> well, you know, and I'm you're here. you're paid. Yeah, I'm paid to be in the cult. I mean, if I if I paid people, they would be in the cult. Yeah. But hey, he just the people line up for him. I think it's the hair. I was going to say it's very it's shiny, very shiny long hair that he has. And I have a gorgeous beard, but that doesn't seem to That's attract true. people into a cult as much. <laughs> Beards, not as much. Not as much. But what he does is he shows up and he produces this quality content every single day. And he's got it figured out. He's got the recipe for how to put content out there in a way that wants pe- makes people want more. And he does that, that good trade-off. It's that trade. He's always talking about the trade. Put out some content, make it free, hook people, get them interested, and then they'll come back. And, and because you've, you've, in goodwill, given them this great content, right. they'll come back and they'll say, you know what? I learned so much from him on this free stuff that I he did. I will give him I will money give to him buy some this money thing. Buy this thing. Yeah. It's brilliant. And I, I don't know how he has this cult. I think it's a separate. Oh, it's a separate thing? Thing, yeah. The cult is like a separate domain name or something. <laughs> See if I can use this person saying, I want you to, Hattie, I would like for you to proofread. I can. These emails and highlight it doesn't, because it doesn't say. Oh, I uh, should highlight like do not do read. Do not read. Yeah, because I don't want to make a mistake. Brendan. Yeah, we talked. Yeah, we, we've talked about Brendan. I know this email. Hey, Hattie and Dan, an update on the scary client I didn't want to work for. Do you remember this? Remind me. Uh, he was, if I recall, an electrician. Uh, and there was a client that he was like, I really just don't want to work for her. Um, and he, he gives a short summary. but And we were like, tell her right off the bat that, uh, that, you, that you don't want to or you, that you can't in a nice way. And anyway. He sums it up pretty well. Well, he says, brief overview. I'm a remodeler. I had clients schedule multiple projects. First project, staining a fence, went poorly. She didn't like the color she picked. And I didn't want to do the second project, kitchen remodel. I was fearful of canceling and possibly receiving a bad Yelp or Angie's List review. Now... I don't know if people understand this, but like a bad Yelp review for an independent for an independent person. Oh my gosh! You know, we used to have the old expression when I used to watch Bugs Bunny: "Coitins." <laughs> That's it. It's coitins for coitins you. Coitins for you. But you almost did my "Go Live with Your Father" voice there. Yeah, no, I'm good at that. I'm a good mimic. I didn't take your wonderful advice from episode blank. He doesn't remember. I don't remember. Either. I didn't act like a confident person and tell her I didn't want to do the work. For any real or otherwise reason. Instead, I waited it out and lucked into some real concerns to become a parent. I emailed about one and a half months before the project started to touch base. She mentioned in her reply that her daughter and grandson lived there. I immediately checked what year the house was built because if there's lead in the walls, I can't do the work with that one-year-old around. The house was built in the early 70s and I let them know about all the issues around lead. She canceled on her own, happy that I gave her that information. Phew. Wow. <laughs> Public service announcement, if any listeners live in a pre-1978 house, check for lead before doing any demo. I've had lead poisoning from working with my dad as a kid. I'm only 31 and my body aches every day. My memory is failing, hearing loss, loss of vision, thinning hair, no joke. Wow. 
I'm so happy that I quit. <laughs> my corporate stooge job as an electrician in 2009 and started my own shop. Now I'm booked through the end of 2017, listening to 5x5 while framing and tiling. Yay! You can check out my work, and he has his Instagram. We'll put we'll put his Instagram. Yeah. Instagram.com slash rockstar remodel. Two R's. <laughs> Love all the great shows. It was great to meet. Oh, he met us at XOXO last year. Yes. So thank you for emailing, Brenda. This isn't, you know, I see this as another story. I want people who are listening to this to think about Brendan and to think about Ellen and to think that both of these people tried something and it, and it worked out for them. More often than not, the thing that you're thinking about trying is going to work. I have to tell you that. It is going to work if you have the three C's. The three C's, skills, savings, and confidence. We need something better <laughs> than the, the three title. C's because they're really not. I, I'm realizing as I say that, Heidi, that those first two don't have a C at the beginning. It of has the a C letter. sound. Skills. <laughs> we need something better than the three C's. Okay. But think about this. You know, you don't have to be a rocket science. You don't have a scientist. You don't have to be somebody with some kind of advanced degree to like go and do your own thing. You just have to have the passion and the determination to do it. You have to be able to show up. You have to be willing to outwork anybody else that's out there. One of the complaints that Chris had about the show was that he said that sometimes when I say something, it doesn't sound so much like I'm sharing my opinion. He says it sounds too much like I'm sharing a truth or something I believe is an absolute truth. But in this case, this is an... Sorry, Chris. This is an absolute truth. If you show up and outwork everybody else, you have a much better chance of winning Uh, than if you just show up and work hard. I still... I can't... (laughs) These people who, who are, you know what? What do they call it? What, the, what is the name of the thing when they, uh, when they don't work on a Friday? What is that? Oh, that's like, or, or half day Friday or something like that. It's like where, well, we, Freedom we don't, Friday. Freedom Friday. We don't make our employees come in on, uh, on Fridays. We don't do client work. Google can say no one can All come right. in on Friday. You know, <laughs> I just Apple. don't get that. <laughs> well, that's how you retain talent. No. How about this? I'll retain pay talent them more. by by saying the harder you work, the more shares you're going to get in the company. <laughs> right. That's what the money's so for. So that when we go Peggy. IPO or sell to somebody or whatever, that you're, you're going to have a much yeah, bigger share and you'll be that. a billionaire. I'd rather have my Fridays off. This whole culture, this <laughs> it's a millennial, a millennial thing, isn't it? They just no. want time off to be like, because they want to make America into Europe. Where everyone no. gets six months a year off. You want that move to Europe? Work harder, work more. They get a lot of holidays in Europe. It's crazy. That's what I'm saying. There's so many bank holidays. Why do they need so much time off? Why what do are the they banks scared need of? so much time off? I used to show up to work for someone else, not even for myself. When you work for yourself, <laughs> it's fine. I used to show up for work for someone else at almost 7.30, 7, between 7 and 7.30 in the morning. I would stay till 6 o'clock at night. And I still found time to do side projects. Yeah. I still found time to write on HiveLogic. I still found time to, you know, to write software. And I saw other human beings sometimes. I mowed my own lawn. 
Like you can do this stuff. Get out of bed. And yeah. if you're sitting there and you've got no kids, right, and you're in your tw- and you're in your twenties, well, I don't know if I want to start my own business. Shame on you, Chris. This is a truth, <laughs> Chris. Anytime, Chris. This is a truth. You have no excuse if you're if you're 27 years old and you have a few thousand bucks in the bank and you can pay a couple months of rent and you're in a miserable job and you live in a place where there's any other job you've got to you have no choice I'm taking away all of your other choices I'm giving you no other choice like when it's when it's bedtime for my kids like it's bedtime well, I just wanted to no. It's why do we have to go to time. bed now? Why do we have to go to bed now? Because we're going to bed now. Why do we have to go to bed now? Because now is when we're going to bed. <laughs> it is an absolute truth. Right. Why? Because, because. that's what's going on right now. <laughs> why do we have to go upstairs to bed? Because that's where we're going. You have no other choice now. You must go and do this thing. You must go and do it. What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? I remember my, you know what? I, I just had a, a memory, a memory flash. Not all no. of my memories are, are lost, I guess. <laughs> I remember the first like side project consulting work that I ever did. Mm-hmm. My friend, his stepmom worked in an office and had a computer in the office and they had some kind of computer system problem. Now, I'm going to say this was 1987, 88. Let's just call it 1988. I remember she had this problem. She got wind of the fact that I was a computer nerd. Most people didn't know how to use computers at this time. Right. That's like if somebody, if, if, if my air conditioner broke, I wouldn't be like, Oh, I know how to fix that. Like right. you call someone that is specific to an air conditioner. <laughs> I got to do a spot really quick before I finish this story. This is what that's what they call it, a teaser. Get people interested in the story. Nice. And then you drop a sponsor and they listen to the sponsor. Cuz they don't want to They they can't fast forward through cuz they don't know if you're going to Don't the fast story forward. Let me tell you about our friends over at Wealthfront. Wealthfront is an automated investment service with nearly $3 billion in client assets under management. They manage a diversified, continually rebalanced portfolio of index funds on behalf of their clients in a low-cost and tax-efficient manner. What does that mean? I'll tell you what it means in plain English. It means they make it easy for anyone to basically take some money and, th- and throw it into a, a, a bucket and forget about it. You know those three C's? Yes. What's the second C? Skills. No, that was the first one. What are you talking about? It's not the first one. Skill. Okay, it's the first one. Skills, savings. Savings. And confidence. Take that savings. Thank you. Dump them in the wealth front. Historically, Hattie, you're going to need to invest a million dollars in order to get the attention of like a quality financial advisor or wealth management pro. And then you're going to pay them at least... 1% per year or more in what they call management fees, which is how they, uh, how they get to, to afford their yacht. 
Well, that's not how Wealthfront works. You're going to get all the same advanced technology, all the algorithms, all the, the hardcore investment understanding. But now you, you're going to get that essentially free if you're under $10,000. All of that is free. You can, start, you can start this account with like no money. You don't need to be right. a millionaire to do this. Right. And I, I, I remember when I was in my early 20s, every single job, there would always be some 30, 40, 50 year old employee walking around. You're saving money, Dan? I'd be like, yeah, I'm saving it. They'd be like, are you investing it? I'd be like, yeah, I'm investing it. They're like, no, you're not. I'm like, no, you're I'm like, not. You're like, I'm investing I'm it in pizza. No, yeah. <laughs> not really investing it, man. Like, you need to invest, like everything, you need to just invest it. Save, save, invest. They're like, it doesn't matter what you put in, just put $20 in a month, it doesn't matter. Like doing that is so important, but none of us want to deal with the details. None no. of us care. Well, what index funds am I? I don't care. I don't know what that means. I just want to put, I want to put money into a thing and, and have, have it make more money uh-huh. for me. And, and then I want to get a thing that says you made this much money. And you're like, yay. Yeah, that's, that's Wellfront. You can go on your ski trip now. No trading commissions <laughs> and performed over two and a half million free trades in 2015 alone. That's over $20 million in saved fees at like an $8 a trade thing that you're going to get somewhere else. Their fee is only 0.25%, but only on assets above $10,000. The first 10,000 has zero management fees. You know what I told them though? Like, you know what? Mm-mm. No. Not enough. 10,000? No. You negotiated. For me, make it 15. They said, there's no way we can do that. You know how much money we'd lose? I said, I don't care. <laughs> And I hung up the phone. I walked away. And phone rang you immediately. You played hardball. Phone rang immediately. I didn't answer it. No. Maybe the next day. Next day, it rings again. Like, this is Wellfront, Dan. And I was like, uh, I'm sorry. We've got a bad connection. Hang up. <laughs> hung up on him. <laughs> Call me back again the third day. I said, okay, today I will speak to you. And they said, I said, what do you have to, to say to me? And they said, $15,000. I said, oh, now we can talk. And so that is what they have come up with. $15,000 entirely free of charge managed by Wealthfront, never paying commissions, no hidden fees, $15,000 under their management. Amazing. Wealthfront.com slash five by five. Again, to get that, wealthfront.com slash five by five. That may have been the best spot ever. So, Ginny, uh, comes to me one night after uh, me and my friend were hanging out and she's like, listen, she's like, I got this problem. This machine doesn't work. This thing doesn't work. I can't make this work. Can, can you come and fix it? And I'm like, of course I'll come and fix it. I wasn't even thinking about like, it is a job. And she's like, we'll pay you. And you're like, that's cool. I'm like, oh, oh great. It was like a perk. It was a huge perk. Now, <laughs> just to put this in, in perspective... Hold on, I gotta, I gotta Google this. Uh, minimum wage in nineteen, I'll just say nineteen eighty-eight. Minimum wage in nineteen eighty-eight was three dollars and thirty-five cents. Wow, it's seven twenty-five now. I, uh, I think, I think I was probably making at my job about three dollars and sixty-five cents at my at my Publix job. Okay. Or this is before I was delivering pizza. Adjusted, three dollars and thirty-five cents today in twenty sixteen would be six dollars and sixty-one cents. 
So to put it into today's terms, I was making $6.61 an hour, probably a little closer to seven. Right. Because I was making a little more than minimum wage. So let's call it seven. I was making seven bucks an hour. So I went in there. I, I heard her, listened to her describe the problem, and I, I spent some time fixing it. I forget what it was. I don't even remember what it was. I don't remember if it was software, if I had to run a cable. I don't know what it was. I was <laughs> probably there for less than an hour. And she's like, okay, how much, uh, how much is this going to cost? And I was like, oh my God, like what am, how much am I going to, what should I charge for this? And I think I was like, $15. <laughs> and she's like, why don't we make it $25? And I was like, what? okay. Now I did, I did a little thing, an inflation calculator. Um, $25 in 1988 money has the same buying power today as $50. Nice. Seven cents. Ah. Uh. So, uh, I was a rich man, Hattie. I was a very rich man. You, you had just got paid. And not only that, but like it came in the mail in with a, in a special envelope with the little plastic, you know, see-through the, the view, o- o- the view, view window. window. Yeah. And it had like a thing and I had a perforation. Like, this was legit. This was real, you know? Like your first real check. And you know how, like, a restaurant will open and they'll put their first dollar bill up in a little frame? Yeah, like that. Like, I didn't frame it or anything because I'm not sentimental and I don't believe that material things have any value. But <laughs> I, uh, I, I, unless my kid makes them, I was very excited to get this, this money. And I realized, whoa, this is the key to my success. And this is the key to all. Sorry, Chris. Here's another truth. (laughs) This is the key to your success, listener. What is the thing that you can do very well and perhaps better than anyone else? What is the thing that is uniquely yours? What is your. What do you bring to the table? What is your special talent that only you do or that you can do better than anyone else or that you can outwork everyone else on? What is that right. thing, that one value What's your leg up? that you bring? What were we talking about the other day? We're like... Talking about Brian Brushwood. Well, yeah, probably, but... That's we all were, I talk about we were, out there. We were also talking about how working with what you got, like if you suddenly You want some fries on, with that shake? That working what you got? Like yeah, that? work with you got. No. Um, like if suddenly your great great aunt passes and you inherit a goat farm. Don't, right, yes, don't that's just what you're talking sell about. the goat farm. Like I guess now you're making uh goat milk soap and goat milk yogurt and cheese and you know, cream and whatever else you can make. Use what you have. Use what you have. Don't milk cats. Don't milk cats, yeah. <laughs> I but, picture somebody be like, well, I have a lot of cats. <laughs> you know, this is the thing, though, is that there is, you have, you have something that you can do that fits into one of those categories. Either you do it better than anybody else, you can, or you can outwork somebody with that thing because you're so passionate about it, that you have the, pa- or that you have the passion drive that no one else has about that thing. Like for me, I, I can tell you point blank, point blank, because I have done it, that I'm, I, I, I have that for podcasting. Yep. I'm not saying that I'm better than everybody else at doing this. There's certainly amazing podcasts out there, superior. But I'm prepared and have been prepared to get where I am today 
I simply outworked everybody. Right. Now, I believe that that uh, that I bring some things that maybe other people don't bring also. But in case I didn't, I just worked harder. I right. just worked harder and harder and harder and harder. And I, I will never stop. I will never stop. I will never stop. Find that thing that you do and never stop and outwork everybody. Outwork everybody. Take that as a challenge. You know, walk up to the mirror and this is the most astute. You're going to feel so dumb doing this, but here's what I want you to do. <laughs> if you're sitting there and you're like, there's no way I can make this work. There's no way I can quit. There's no way I can whatever. There's no way I can start this thing that I want to do. Oh man, these other people are so much better at it. Or they've already done it. Or they've already done it. They're already out there. They already own all the market share. They already own this and the other thing. That attitude will not get you anywhere. Make sure no one's watching you. And no, make sure no one can hear you. <laughs> or if you don't care, do it anyway. <laughs> Go into the bathroom or in front of a mirror and look at yourself in the eyes and tell yourself the thing, however crazy, that you most, you, you most want to hear. Whether it's, you can do, I can do this. But say it to yourself. And here's the trick. Here's the trick. Don't say to yourself, I'm going to be the next sausage king of Chicago. <laughs> say it to yourself as if you were talking to yourself. You, you, because you're looking at yourself in the mirror. There's a mental trick that happens. Try uh -huh. it. You are going to be the next sausage king of Chicago. I like you that. You have to look at it. And because there is something, even though it's you are the one you're saying it. You're hearing yourself say it. You're still hearing a person say to you, you are going to be this. And that person's looking at you. And Even though it's like still you, you. And you look pretty good. You look pretty good. <laughs> you could do it. You could do it, you know, with dress like a, up. a dress up. Yeah. You put a suit and tie on. Be put like, your best prom dress right. on. And be like, Miss Cook, you know, say your name as if you're someone else. I don't want you to say your name. I want, it has to be you. No, you I, was to gonna, say no you. I was going to preface with that. I'd be like, Miss Cook, you oh. will be the next oh. cat queen. Cat queen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, that's important. Try it. Try it. And you can, do, you can do that for anything. You can do it for anything. I'm serious. Uh -huh. Just go try this. It's going to seem silly, but do it. Do it every day, once a day. You'll never feel low again. I promise you. Sorry, Chris. That's the truth, too. So, that's all I got to say today. You can hit me up on Twitter. I'm at Dan Benjamin. Hattie is at Hattie Bird, H-A-D-D-I-E Bird. And uh, both of us really enjoy doing this show, and we love to get your feedback. We love to get your thoughts. And uh, how do you manage to, to stay awake the whole show? I did yawn a lot. But I know. I didn't call you out on it. You think it's my posture? Your posture? I am pretty slumpy over you, here. Well, so if you want to imagine how, how Hattie is sitting, she's got her air on chair. Which is already comfortable. She's, she's kicked back in it. I'm very far away from my microphone. <laughs> she's really far. Yeah, you're really far from your mic. She's sipping... Iced tea. I am. I have iced tea right here. Doodling. I love your your doodles. Yeah. But that's that's you know do, what I appreciate? You know, doodling actually stimulates the mind and helps you listen better. Is that true? Mm hmm Okay. Learn that. Well, in I approve all of, of, my of art the classes. doodles. I love the doodles. And just a quick aside, my Merlin says you, you can get a kit and it'll teach you how to doodle more effectively. Oh, an effective doodle. Yeah. Of course there's a way to doodle more effectively yeah. my art teacher said that if if we 
in, in high school, if we ever got yelled at by another teacher for doodling, that she would vouch for us and oh, tell man. them. Isn't that cool? That's yeah. awesome. She was really cool. Shout out to Miss Reed. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so that's all we got for you this week. 5by5.tv slash contact. It's important if you want to send me an email, it's important just to use that uh, link because that will put the right uh, subject line in the email that my email uh, triggers will find. So that's important. So please do that and don't don't change the subject line. Please never change the subject line. So thank you very much. Thank you for listening. If you want to look at the show notes, there's not really much there this week. Uh, 5by5.tv slash quit slash 89. And we got the Ansible working. So that means we're going to take calls. So here's Woo! what I want you to do. Follow me on Twitter at Dan Benjamin to see when we announce what time we're going to be doing the show. And think about calling in. The think about what you're going to say. The number's the same. Think about calling in. Think about what you want to say. Ask your questions. Please call in because uh, we haven't done it for a while. I want to remind people that, that we do this. Hype. Yeah, we need to get callers. It would be horrible to just say, hey, we got the lines open and there's just crickets. <laughs> no one's there. So please consider uh, calling in. I love to talk to, to you folks and you make the show possible. So thanks for listening. Thanks for everything you do. 5by5.tv is a place to go. You can, you can support the show. You don't like our sponsors. It's cool. Patreon.com slash 5by5. That works too. We'll see you next week.